Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am talking with George, who owns a really busy single-unit pizzeria here in the Boston area. And we talk all about how he grew up in the business and how he's growing and using technology in what's available today, like kiosks or online ordering, to grow sales to a pretty good volume with no alcohol in a single kind of small square foot location. I think you're going to really enjoy this podcast episode. Today's episode is brought to you by the SPM community. There is a free version of the community. You can go join over at smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash community. What exactly is the SPM community? It's a place where pizza people and business owners can get together and talk about what's working without having to rely on a Facebook group or an Instagram page to kind of let the algorithm show you the content. If you are interested in marketing techniques, some discounts that we have some, for some sponsors of the podcast that we have available inside the community, it's a forum, it's Slack, it's a Facebook group all in one location that's not reliant on an algorithm. And you get access to me a little bit as well. There is a paid version for those that want more access to me and want more help with their business on a one-on-one -on -one environment. But there is a free community for everybody. Go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash community. Join for free. Download the app that we have. You're going to make a great decision by doing that if I do say so myself. If I can give myself a little bit of a pat on the back here, I think that we've built a really good community of pizza operators and people who either own a business or want to own a business and want to learn how to leverage technology to grow their business, especially how hard it is to do business in 2023. Moving forward, you gotta, you have to do that. And there's not a lot of places that don't rely on social media, but there is one now, and it's called the SPM community. So I would love to invite you for free to join. Go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash community. George is inside. He's a guest in the podcast. He's inside the community as well. A lot of the people from the podcast I've invited inside, and they're in there. So if you want to talk to people who have been on the podcast, the place to be is the SPM community. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get into the podcast. We'll see you on the other side. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. George, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Bruce, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. We were talking before the podcast. I'm like, you know what? We're not that far away from each other. We should have did this live. Next time we do part two, I'll come into the shop and we'll do it live and we'll kind of showcase your shop a little bit. But uh, thanks again Absolutely. for doing this. Give everybody like a little bit of background about what you're up to. Yeah, so I'm George. I own and operate an independent pizzeria in Dedham, Massachusetts, a little bit outside of Boston. Uh, we're located in historic Dedham Square. Our town was founded in 1636, and we've been doing business there for over uh, 50 years. Wow. You've been uh, in a pizza shop for 50 years? Not uh, you, my family. like a family? Yeah. Yeah, yeah family. That's crazy. Has, yep. How's it been going over the last couple of years? Uh, it's been good. You know, we've definitely had some challenges, like uh, most, I, I assume, with uh, COVID-19, but... Uh, we were really lucky because we had a strong delivery business set up uh, prior yeah. to uh, the pandemic. So, you know, that accounts for about 55 to 60% of our business. So we were ready to go. Uh, we were ready to go and uh, we, we helped the community and, and in turn, it was pretty special. So my wife's Greek, you're Greek, your family, did your family, like your parents start the business or your grandparents or how did that work out? Yeah, so we actually uh, just did uh, an article with uh, PMQ uh, a couple uh, weeks ago uh, regarding oh, that. We were, yeah, we were on their 50-year Hall of Fame. So, uh, and I found out some information I didn't know about the uh, the restaurant was originally called Dino's Restaurant. It was in the Dedham Plaza, which is at a different location than we are now, and it was started by my my uncle uh, Dino, my grandfather's brother. Okay. Uh, it was sold after that uh, to a second owner, and my father and my mother were the third owners. Oh, nice. Did they come over from Greece? 
My dad is uh, what we uh, say FOB, fresh off the boat. Yeah. yeah. But, uh... <laughs> my wife's parents too. It's it's interesting to see like how they have like that immigrant mentality where, you know, nothing stops them. They're just going to figure it out. Yeah. Just keep going. I love that. And um, so let me ask you this. So being in, in the New England area, I don't know if our, our listeners are going to be super familiar with what I'm going to about to say, but like, is it a roast beef pizza shop or is it just a pizza shop? No, so we're kind of South Shore, I guess you would say. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the North Shore is famous for their uh, roast beef and whatnot. And uh, it didn't really, that doesn't really catch on here. No? So we're just, no, traditional, you know, pizza calzones, dinners, uh, subs, sandwiches, uh, salads, all that good stuff. And is it like a traditional pan pizza, the Greek, the, the way the Greeks do it? Yeah, it's a traditional uh, Greek-style uh, pan pizza. So in New England, if I can explain this to people who are listening, like in New England, I don't know why it didn't catch on other places. It must be a really big, I don't know if it's a Greek culture that started pizzerias slash roast beef shops like in the 60s, 70s, 80s. But pan pizza, the way we have it here, we call it Greek pizza. It's like a pan pizza that you would serve in a uh, in like a round pan. So it's not Detroit style. It's not grandma. It's like a, it's like its own unique thing. And uh, I actually like it a lot, but I grew up kind of going to places around here because there's so many of them right right um yeah but it's so interesting I, I, yeah I, you know i always thought people always referred to it as greek pizza yeah uh but when i started uh traveling i went to the pizza convention in vegas uh apparently the rest of the country calls it new england pan style pizza do they really yeah so well, I, I, i'm gonna still call it greek pizza because that's what i'm used to calling it like we got to take some credit for that <laughs> yeah we sure do <laughs> uh, I, don't, I had never i've never heard of it who's i've never heard of it called new england style pan pizza that's interesting i never heard of that too yeah yeah I, uh, I went to a few seminars and that's how they referred to it so it kind of stuck uh, oh, in my that's mind interesting. Yeah. so do you go to the pizza expo what do you think of that uh so i went i, I felt kind of stagnant in in the job at one point and uh shortly after COVID, i'm like i have to do something to kind of generate some new ideas and uh yeah. I've always known about the Pizza Expo, and I went down there, and uh, I got a lot of insight. I thought it was uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, what I would like to see more in the future is kind of more technology, you know, coming in. But uh, yeah, they definitely—they're a little bit old. They're a little bit old school too, like old school ideas, which is good. Those all still work, but it's like the times. So, how have you worked in the business your whole life? Yeah, so I'm 36 years old, Bruce, and uh, I know it might sound a little unbelievable, but uh, my dad had me in there at eight years old, you I know, don't, helping him play. I believe, I believe it. Um, <laughs> so uh, I spent my whole life uh, in there, but like really full time, like uh, since 17. Yeah, so you know, so you've seen changes in the pizza industry because you've been in it your whole life, but I'd say the last seven, eight years, they moved 10 times faster than the previous 20. Oh, for sure. You know, with the internet, technology, social media, AI, you know, uh, POS systems, the way people interact with the internet, so much different now than the first 20 years you were probably in the pizzeria. It was probably the same for the first 20 years. It was like, it would just, we just do the same thing every day. I know it's crazy. I, I, sometimes I take a step back when I'm at work and I'm looking around and I say, wow, I can't believe how, how things have changed. I remember you know, I remember this, I remember that, and yeah. uh, it's 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 a blessing. It's nice. You be, you be, you become the older person in the shop, and you work with a lot of young people, and you're like, you know what? When I was your age, we used to yep. do it this way. We had tickets. We used to put them up top. You know, if the ticket fell, you'd miss the order. <laughs> it was just explaining it. They're like, what? what kind of technology did you guys have back in the old Stone Age? I find myself saying that a lot to the youngies. So, <laughs> yeah. do your parents still work in the business, or you just totally take over? 
uh, totally took over. My my mom kind of just uh, helped my dad. She she owned uh, a franchise Dairy Queen, so she had multiple oh, nice. Dairy Queens. The the whole family's been in the food business forever. And uh, dad, uh, it was kind of his own thing. Uh, with the help of mom and you know my sisters and I, we helped out uh, after school and in the summers and whatnot. But uh, he retired about 15 years ago. He uh, you know he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and it kind of oh, uh, sorry was, to hear that. Uh, you know yeah thank you. So uh, it kind of forced me in there. It took me out of uh, you know what I went to school for and uh, you know I'm happy that it did to be honest because uh, I you, love what I do. Do you do like it? Like you enjoy it still? Well, I'm sure that every uh, pizzeria owner will tell you the same thing. And through your memes, uh, I think we're all on the same page. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I love it overall. When things are good, I love it. Yeah. But there are other times that it's it's really tough. You know, think about selling, uh, you know, you. but it's a love-hate relationship, I think. There's a lot of good and bad that come with owning a pizzeria. Like, I put a meme out there and somebody said, I think it was like something about, the weekend, right? Where people are like, Hey, what are your plans this weekend? And it was like, yeah. you don't have plans this weekend. Like we work all no. weekend. And then somebody commented, yeah, but the alternative is if you have a nine to five, you got to ask for permission to have off, which is true. So I guess you could see the good in, in all the bad, everything that happens to us. It's stressful. It's a, it's annoying. It's hard, but there's also a lot of good that come with owning a pizzeria. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely. But it is hard. It is challenging, especially like if you are a single owner sometimes there's like nobody to bounce ideas off of or talk to because like your managers or your employees aren't I don't want to say this and have it come off the wrong way but they're not they don't have the same level of responsibility that you do with the final decision so it's hard to like have them make a decision to them it's like oh let's just order extra inventory I don't care but then you're like shit I gotta pay for that like that has to come out of my bank account at the end of the week so it's easier said than done yeah, I feel that I can relate to them because, uh, you know, when my parents weren't in, I was working closely with them. Uh, you know, I had many ideas and whatnot, and they kind of fall by the wayside. Uh, they didn't want to really implement them, and I didn't uh, feel valued. So I see how difficult it could be if you kind of you don't have stake in the game and it's not yeah. yours. It is true because I went from manager to owner, and I realized that real quick. It's almost like to put an analogy on it, it's like, you know, you don't really understand what it's like to be the owner until you're the owner. You can imagine, you can know, mm. or you can think of what it's like, but until it's actually your turn, it's like what they say, the president, right? Like all the presidents, people who run for president, they always say these things. I'm going to do this when I become president. I'm going to do this when I become president. When I become president, I'm going to implement this law. And then like they become president and every single one of them is the same. And it's like, what happened? Yeah. You said you're going to do all this stuff and nothing happened. It's like, well, you don't really know what it's like to be the president until you actually the president. Ain't that the truth? So it's hard. I understand that. Is it hard to work? Like, what did you have to do? Because I'm sure your dad was kind of old school, right? Like, did you have to like bring it all up technology wise, POS systems, all that stuff? Yeah. So I was lucky. He was pretty, even being an old school guy, he, it, he, he kind of like was open to change. Oh, so good. in 05, we, uh, we, we, we brought in like uh, online ordering. We brought in a POS system. We stopped taking orders on paper. Uh, we brought in credit card processing. It was only cash before that. Oh, wow. Uh, in 2010, I kind of modernized the whole place, gave it a facelift, uh, did it again during COVID. So he was uh, he was real kind of supportive, hesitant at first. But when he saw the outcome after, he was really supportive. That's good. That's good that he had, he supported you in doing that. I mean, you were guys ahead of the curve. 2005 was pretty early to do that. I remember uh, at the time I was in college and he would call me up and he's like, come get these computers. I'm throwing them out on the sidewalk. He's like, I don't want them in here anymore. Uh, that's crazy. Who, who, who do you guys use for that? Was it the same company since then? 
Yeah, we use uh, Food Tech Solutions out of Needham, Mass. So they they bordered at them. I know them pretty well. I Bruce, use they're them too. Uh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, uh, fantastic. They're a little expensive, so they are on the expensive side when it comes to point of sale systems. But they have a ton of features. I know features like the drivers. Like you do delivery, do you use like the delivery feature where you can have the app and the drivers track them? I couldn't do it without it. Yeah, couldn't I think Food Tech it. Solution, and this is gonna probably get me in trouble with other people, but I think you know if you can afford it, it's probably one of the best. If you're a delivery takeout place, maybe not a dine-in right. place, but if you're a delivery takeout place, it's probably the best point of sale system. It is expensive sure. though, but it, it does is. everything, so, email, tracking, like it does reporting, it does all of it. You know, uh, it, it is expensive, but uh, it's worth it. Like you said, it does it all. Uh, their, their loyalty rewards program, their target marketing, uh, everything's kind of under one house and, and it helps us tremendously. It's it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I remember using target market all the time. We, I mean, we did it in 2000. I think we got food tech. We had rapid fire system in 1999, which was like the pen that you pushed the screen and it like had a light yeah. on it. Yeah. And then we switched to 2000. We switched to food tech. We got food tech in the year 2000. And um, we started taking online orders and everything. Then it was like, like, this is amazing. And it just grew from there. Um, yeah. Andrew, the guy who owns food tech, I think he's partner or owner of food tech. He is. It's him and his brother, uh, Billy Vasili. He's uh, the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, it's a good system. So go check that out. Um, what about marketing wise? So how's, is there a lot of competition in where you are? Yeah. So if I were to count, uh, which I haven't, but, uh, if I were to kind of think off the top of my head in a three mile radius, there is probably more than 15, uh, restaurants, pizzerias, uh, chains that sell pizza. That's crazy. I know it's nuts. <laughs> how, so those, those are all your competition because they're all probably doing delivery, right? So how do you separate yourself? Um, in many ways, I'd say. Uh, so we just, you know, I'm, I'm not scared to reinvest. You know, I think of the business as a flower. You know, if you nurture it, if you water it, if you take care of it, it will grow, right? A lot of people, they just like to book their profits. So yeah. what I like to do is I like to reinvest. I like to reinvest in technology. I use uh, food tech's uh, incentives uh, to kind of use email marketing and target marketing to get my message out there. We never sacrifice on quality. I'm very strict. If I see somebody making a sandwich, you know, in the wrong way, you know, we'll go over there, nicely correct them. We yeah. focus on quality, consistency. Uh, never sacrifice quality of products, even with the rising cost of goods. I try to get the deliveries out there quick. Uh, we use technology to keep our food hot. We have hot bags uh, that we plug in. Um, and I try to give uh, in an exceptional service. When you come into our store, you're going to be greeted. When you're coming in, you're going to be greeted when you leave. You're going to find a clean atmosphere. Uh, everything's going to look really professional. So when you come in, you're going to feel like uh, like you deserve to to kind of be here. Like this is the spot where you want to get your food. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to separate yourself from the competition. It's like easy to say, but it's hard to execute on. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. says the same thing because I'll post something and I'll be like, hey, how do you make it? How do you make your business different? Everybody kind of says the same thing which is the right thing, but then like getting people to actually do it and follow through is hard. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Where uh, do you, what's the percentage of takeout for you guys? Is it all takeout? Do you have any dine-in? So we're about, I'd say to make the numbers easy, 60% delivery. Uh, we're about 20% takeout, maybe a little bit more. And, yeah. uh, you know, 20% uh, dine-in. And do you have uh, all your you own know, drivers? 
we have all we have all our own drivers, but we also do have uh, third party systems. We we have uh, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub, and Slice. Uh, those are for usually our customers who are kind of out of our, out of our delivery range. Yeah. But uh, you know, like Friday night, tomorrow night, I'll have like six, seven drivers on. Wow. And uh, coming up Halloween, it's, it's the busiest day of the year for us. We'll have like. I'm pulling everybody out of retirement. Yeah. I said, I need all 10 of you guys. <laughs> yeah, I remember Halloween was crazy. It's only crazy from like four to seven though, right? Yeah, yep. Like, like three to seven, three to eight, somewhere yeah. around there. Everybody wants the pizza before they go out. And they're calling you, yeah. delay, like uh, pre-ordering. You have like 500 pre-orders for like, everybody wants it at four o'clock. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get everybody their food <laughs> at four o'clock, but yeah. we'll find a way. I remember those days, but uh, that's it, that's super interesting. So how do you like the third parties? Like, when did you start to bring those people on and how's it been going since? Yeah, I was always against it. Uh, I kind of thought like these companies were kind of going to, you know, take business away from us. Yeah. Uh, I always kind of had a negative uh, view on it. And I think a lot of business owners do. Definitely. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, they have all your customers' information, their phone number, their email address, their address. And, you know, they can kind of market them and push them to, to certain businesses. Uh, however, I, I found that our customers... They stayed with us. They used our website. They used our mobile app. And uh, the people who are using those third parties are, uh, are, are are people who are a little bit outside of our delivery range. But it's treated us well. It brought a significant amount of business to us. Um, I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, and what I do, um, because I hear a lot of business owners, you know, talking about the fees and, and the expenses incurred uh, by having them. I just jacked up all my prices on their site by 35%. Yeah. So, you know, if the customer wants, they could pay a little extra to use one of them or you could get a discount by, uh, by, by uh, you know, still using us. So it's ultimately for you, it's the same income. Yeah. That's great. That's a smart way to do it. I, they didn't, they used to not let you do that, didn't they? Um, I, I kind of got in the game late, so it might have been like that early on. Yeah. But right now, yeah. I think and maybe you the know pushback what? from owners. Probably. And Bruce, when I had, when I brought them all in, you know, we had all the tablets set up in a separate printer for each one of them. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's dinging left and right. And uh, it was very challenging because I had to put together, you know, separate reports at the end of the week for, for each system and then send it to my accountant to kind of, you know, yeah. put everything together. But uh, over the years, I found a company that kind of integrates everything through food tech. So when you order, I don't have any tablets. I don't have any printers. The order comes right out of uh, our regular printer and, uh, it goes straight into our income statement, balance sheet, cash flow. It's it's all there. So, what's the name of that company? Uh, it's a Checkmate. Okay, I remember. Uh, there's. Go ahead. There's a few others, but that's the one that kind of works best for me. That's the interesting because I thought Food Tech wasn't open source. I thought they kind of fought that and they kind of wanted to keep everything in house. Is that something new for them? Um, I guess I think I just really pushed them. Uh, yeah, good. So yeah, I don't know if you they offer for everyone, but. That's good. I mean, you need to, you need to push and be aggressive sometimes. I think somebody, I just talked to somebody. So I've been doing these marketing kind of reviews podcast and I did one yesterday that's not out yet, but he has toast, which is another popular point of sale company. And he was talking about email marketing and he uses toast email for people who order online. And then he uses, you know, MailChimp or something else for people who sign up on his website. And I'm like, dude, you got to tell toast, let me import these emails to this because there's no sense in sending two different emails for people. He's like, well, Toast doesn't do that. I'm like, well, push him. It's not hard to let, it's that, like, that's not, you're not asking him to come up with a whole new system. You just ask him to do one thing. Like you said, you got to figure it out for me. Like I'm a business owner, giving you a lot of business. I need you to do this. They can yeah. figure it out. Anything is figureoutable. They, they are, they're a huge company. They should be able yeah. to do it. 
Yeah. So I'm glad you did that because that must have been a nightmare to have all those tabs everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So does Food Tech kind of separate it out and let you run a report that says where the where the orders came from? I I could run any any report I want. Yeah, That's great. To break it down to 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 DoorDash, you reach the Grubhub and put it all together, separate it. I got pie charts, bar charts, uh, really everything. There's if I look at the reports that are offered to me on a daily basis, uh, there's close to 100 of them. Some of them I don't even know wow. what they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember those days. What's the uh, how many orders from those companies are coming in on a daily basis? Um, we do about 400 customers a day. Uh, wow. And I'd say probably like 40, 45 are coming from third party. So that's a good percentage that are discovering you through that. Like are those people yeah. who didn't know who you are? Um, I'm sure that some of them may have known who, who we are, uh, but uh, they also offer a, a loyalty rewards program. So I think people who shop around and they get food, uh, they do a yeah. lot of takeout. You know, they use Uber Eats to get their points and, uh, so they can shop at other places as well. Yeah, I find my kids... I don't know. How, do you have any kids? Uh, not yet. All right. So I have teenagers and um, they they kind of use Uber Eats and DoorDash, even though I kind of tell them not to. They don't listen to me. You know, they're teenagers, but they yeah. use it to like they don't know what they want to eat. They just go on there to search for stuff. So it's not like right. they want pizza. It's like they want to get something to eat tonight. It's almost like a variety of menu items that they can choose from. That's how people they use it. So I'm sure that's how other people use it, too. You got to just no, absolutely. Up. Yep, you do. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is, you know, making sure that you have quality photographs. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, um, two years ago, actually, January, I introduced uh, self-ordering kiosks in our location. Oh, did you really? So, yeah. So, I, uh, you know, you I was, are ahead I, of the curve. Yeah. So we have two uh, huge computer screens, uh, 26 inches or so. They're set up on a nice uh, table with receipts, uh, Apple Pay, Touch to Pay. And uh, I had somebody come out and professionally photograph every single item right down to the lettuce, the pickles, the hot peppers that go on the sub. Really? Uh, yeah. So if you go to our website, too, uh, you'll be able to see that everything is photographed. It looks really nice uh, right down to our, uh, you know, our drinks. I had Coca uh, representatives from Coca-Cola in China reach out to me to compliment me on the website. Really? And uh, yeah, we're a flagship store for them. So they were really happy to see that uh, their products photographed on our site. Can I share your website on the screen here? Do you mind? No, absolutely. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to pull it up here as you can see it. But that's like, that's awesome because I was just doing another one yesterday. The same, not the same people, different one. One of those menu uh, or marketing reviews and their website didn't have anything that was from their menu. I was like, yeah, that's, if that's someone orders false. these pizzas, are they going to get this? And they're like, no. I'm like, why would you put it on your website? Yeah. yeah no, this is, what, you, this right is what you're getting from us. Yeah. That's smart With because like, the people online don't know. They just want this. And if they get something different, they're going to be like, well, what the heck is this? They don't. And you'll see the chicken pesto there. So I added that onto the menu to celebrate National Pizza Month. Yeah. Uh, so I had to take a quick photo. It doesn't match the quality of the other ones. But when I have some time, I'll uh, I'll definitely correct it and, and make it a high-res image. So. Yeah, but you can still, like, it looks good. It looks good. And it's like, all right, that's what I'm going to get if I order that. So right. it'll look similar to what they're getting. It's like when someone gets kind of deceived, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But that's great. I love that you did that. That's a smart move because people want to see what they're going to get on that. Um, I love the kiosk too. As somebody who, as somebody who likes kiosks, like Walgreens, um, I hate going to Walgreens because they don't have kiosks. My wife loves Walgreens, and I'm like, I'm not going in. Every time I go into Walgreens, there's like ten people in line for some reason. And I'm like, yeah. I'm waiting twenty minutes. Let me just check out myself real quick. I'm getting a pack of gum. I just want to go get in and out. I love the fact that you did that. People can just come in, order, and then just wait. 
Yeah, so they come in, they order on the kiosk, and the kiosk will never, you know, a cashier and employee will forget to upsell. The kiosk, the computer is never going to forget to upsell. They're going to ask you if you want that drink. They're going to ask you if you want that bag of chips. Um, It will print out. uh, It will will give them a receipt. It will tell them about 10, 15 minutes, and uh, we'll we'll call it right out for them when they're ready. That's awesome. And people uh, pick up their order too? uh, We haven't gotten to that level yet. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, involves a little bit more uh, logistics and infrastructure, but... uh, I think that that's uh, coming in the future. It's hard too because someone would have to be a little bit more savvy to figure out how to find their order and then pay for it. And but I guess you could just swipe. Right. I was nervous, Bruce, because it was a significant investment, right? Uh, and I'm like, are people going to use this? Is it just going to be the young generation? So we brought it in in the first month. Uh, we had 50 users, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work out. And uh, slowly but surely, we're up to like uh, 600, 700 users a month. So that's like two wow. days of not taking customers. Yeah. So if you do, even if you do 10, 15 a day, that saves you, that's going to save you, you know, each, each order that you take manually. It's got to be five minutes, right? Yeah, on average, probably like two and a half, three minutes or so. Yeah, so it's probably saving if you an hour. At least, credit card. Yeah, yeah, at least an hour a day of someone standing there doing, they can do something yeah. else. Same thing yeah, with like sure. dough balls. People always ask if dough rollers or rounders are worth the time or you should always do it by hand. I'm like, dude, if you're doing like pizza for volume, they're way worth the investment because you can do five batches of dough and roll it in two hours. Whereas before you did five batches of dough, it's like three, four hours. Yeah, we do about four or five batches of dough in a 60 quart mixer every day. Uh, and it it's all by hand and I definitely want a rounder but i have absolutely no space no space to put it yeah yeah where do you make the dough in the back like in the back room yeah so we have about a 1800 uh, foot 1800 square foot uh you know space we have a basement uh we you know our our mixers in the back room we have you know our huge stainless steel countertop with our you know our 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 dough flattener machine from somerset um and we run everything back there there's about three people making pizzas from uh, 9 a.m to probably like one Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So where where do you make dough? Because we had we had a roller and it wasn't super big. It was smaller than like a regular table. Kind of oh, just pushing right? against the wall. Yeah, it was like I think it was like maybe a foot and a half, two feet wide, five feet long. Um, it wasn't the round. It wasn't like the one that you put it in. It like whoop 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 around. It was more you dropped the dough in the top, and then um, it kind of rounded it up and shot it out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't I've super seen those. big. Yeah, it worked really good. Yeah, I mean, our back counter is probably about like 15 uh, feet long, and the 60-quart uh, Hobart is to the left of it, and then they're like hand sinks to the left of that. So, And and the stairs to the basement are right after that. So there's there's just oh, no yeah. way. That's uh, I just need a bigger space uh, and yeah. need a bigger store. What Have you ever thought about moving locations or a second location or anything like that? Um, yeah, so I, I'd like to answer both those questions. Uh, right now we rent, uh, right? So, uh, it's not our building. Uh, even, uh we do put a significant amount of, uh, amount of, uh, you know, funds into it to kind of like bring it up to, uh, to par. Um, but, uh, having my own building is kind of like one of my ultimate goals because when you have that, you provide generational, you know, wealth for your family yeah. and you get, and, and you have something like that. It's your own. You can invest, uh, more in it. As for a second location, I always thought about it, but uh, you know, when when you run a busy shop like the one we have, uh, it's it's def it's definitely going to be difficult to kind of focus my efforts in another place. Yeah. When I went to the uh, Las Vegas food show, um, two thousand twenty one, 
the, the pizza expo, I should say, uh, I went to a couple seminars. I wanted uh, my, my focus was on education. And there were a lot of independent owners who were standing up and they said, uh, hey, our store made uh, this amount of money this year. And uh, everybody was standing up, giving them a standing ovation, clapping. And I'm like, I'm like, I should be the superstar in here. I'm like, I did three <laughs> times that amount in sales last year. So it's, uh, if you focus yeah. on one shop, you know, you could kind of make the efforts of three in one. I agree. You know, I, and I and sometimes when you're in this business, you know, depending on how long you've been in it, a question all everybody I just asked you. Everybody always asks you, you ever think about a second location? I don't know why that's like the default question to ask somebody who owns one, but it's the default question. And it doesn't have to be your goal. Like you said, if you can make that store as busy as you possibly can, way less work to get one store to do two or three million dollars a year if you have the right amount of community in this in the right area versus two stores doing a million and a half with double the headaches. Right. Yeah, I'm it's, looking for less headaches. Yeah, definitely. It's, I, it's funny you say that, too, about the Pizza Expo, because there are a lot of um, speakers there that are, like, newer, which is fine. Um, but sometimes they need to expand the speaker roster to find other people who are doing different stuff. They're all kind of the same, you know? I think right. that's one of the flaws of the Pizza Expo in Vegas is that it's kind of the same show every single year. For sure. You know, they should have guys sure. like you who are doing, I mean, how many, I don't know if you're comfortable saying it. If you're not, don't worry about it. We'll cut it out. But how much do you do a year in sales? Yeah, we were, we're probably uh, close to three. That's great for how many square feet is your place? 16 to 1800. That's, that's unbelievable. It's nuts. Yeah, and you don't have any alcohol, right? We have beer and wine, but uh, you know, that really doesn't generate a lot of, uh, of yeah. revenue for us. Yeah, because you see some of these restaurants, and they're like, "Yeah, we do five million dollars a year in sales," but they're a sit-down restaurant with an average ticket of one fifty and a full liquor license. Bruce, it's truly impressive. You know, it's there's a lot of communication. There's a lot of you know behind. Watch out, hot coming through. We, we just, <laughs> it's it's uh, we're we're in a tight quarters, uh, and I've really contemplated lately about kind of cutting the dining room in half, given that it's you know uh, only twenty percent of our business. Uh, yeah. If I instead of seating for forty, if I could do seating for fifteen twenty, and I could utilize that space to put a dishwasher and some some other machinery that's going to help us uh, be efficient, and effective. Roller. Yeah, door roller. <laughs> uh, there do were a couple you, other ones. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you do you um do a lot of dining? Uh, not really. No. Yeah. No. Especially I mean, since twenty twenty, I'm sure, right? Right. Yeah. We well, we have the courts uh, courthouses across the street, registry of deeds, law library. Uh, so you know when there's a case, the dining room is full. Uh, when there's jury duty, we're full. But uh, and then you know Friday nights is busy, the weekends. Um, but we we don't really get a lot of people, uh, you know, dining in. Oh, that's interesting. Do you have a desire to speak at events? I would love to. Yeah. So maybe I can make that happen for you. Message. We'll yeah, talk after be great. the podcast is over. Thank um, you. Yeah, because I think you have a good story. You you are doing like doing three million dollars a year in sales with just pizza, salads, you know, subs in in a location your size i know so our store did um i don't know a million and a half in but this was 20 years ago and that's um, a busy store yeah we were doing you know six seven eight thousand dollar fridays yeah um, that's nuts and we had we had 12 to 15 delivery drivers on a friday night um and i can only and, but our store is twice the size of yours you know in um like we had space so it wasn't like it was a tiny, tiny space. So I know what it's like to do $3 million in sales in a small space. Is you're always going. There's like no downtime. There's no downtime. 
Yeah, you're always going. Like, there's never a point where you'd be like, all right, let's take a break for a second. <laughs> you're like always yeah, my, going. My girlfriend calls me every once in a while. She's like, did you have time to have lunch today? I'm like, lunch? What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to like grab something as you go. Yeah. Because that's the only way to do it. That's cool, man. So how are you? So how did you guys get so busy? Has it just been word of mouth or are you doing social media? Or I know you said you do email marketing. What else have you done? Yeah. So social media, uh, we've been on Facebook and Instagram since kind of 2005 or shortly thereafter. Do you do that um, or do you have somebody do it? No, I do it. Yeah. Good. And most recently, my, my, my girlfriend, Dean, has been very, very uh, supportive. She's been helping me. She has a, uh, a career. She was she, She's a publicist. Uh, okay. So she's kind of been like, you know, giving me, you know, the ins and outs. And uh, yeah. she's she's been helping a lot. And it's really helped. That's good. Do you see the area like um, are you, cause you know, most pizza shops that have been around for a long time have no social presence, you know, yeah, they're, I'm they shocked. don't have anything. Yeah. They just don't do it. I don't know why. No, they no don't, website, so. no social yeah. presence. It's, it's, it's uh, truly shocking. I'm surprised they still get business. I'm like, I don't know how you manage to get business. I could see, you know, five or six years ago, you being able to get away with it. But today I don't know how they do no it. Way. Yeah. We're trying to push into uh video rails right now. You know, those 15 second, 30 second rails. Uh, yeah. I don't know where we find the time to do this all, given you know how busy we are. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it uh, it keeps you, it keeps the mind sharp, and it keeps yeah. you looking forward to do something different instead of the the same thing over and over again. Yeah, makes you have a little bit of fun, right? Do you like it? Like, do you like doing social media? My favorite kind of is uh, behind the scenes, you know, marketing, yeah. advertising, you know, financials, looking at the books. Uh, that's kind of you know what I really like about the job. Yeah. Um, you know, coming up with innovative ideas. I, I worked, uh, well, I tried to start a, a small business consulting uh, group uh, right before COVID. Yeah. Uh, I was traveling to some places uh, throughout the U.S., kind of giving, uh, you know, old school guys, you know, my take of things, showing them, you know, what worked for us, what didn't work for us. But it's tough, you know, to get those guys on board. Yeah. How did they find you or how did you get to, like, how did those people discover what you did? Was it probably through food tech or something like that? Uh, it was just kind of word of mouth in the Greek community. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I'd, re I'd reach out to, you know, people I knew who had restaurants and I'd ask them kind of, you know, can you give me uh, five names of your family members who have restaurants in the U.S. and then I'd reach out to them. Yeah, yeah. That's smart. Kinda they like, need to get up to date. Right. Kind of like selling insurance, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd fly out to them and just kind of give them like what would like you, you go through their restaurant and say, all right, this is what I do. Like just kind of give them the tips and strategies that you use in your restaurant. So we would do something similar to what you and I are doing first. You know, I think at the time I was using Skype. We'd have a conversation. You know, I'd see if, 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 if they wanted to work with me, if I wanted to work with them. Because a lot of people you don't want to work with, Bruce, you know, when it comes down yeah, to know. it. That's why I was um, talking about marketing for people, to be honest yeah. with you. So you kind of get, you know, face to face, you kind of get uh, an impression of if this person is willing to like make the changes they need to be yeah. able to be successful. So, you know, I, I'd handpick those people, you know, we'd go over some like pricing structure, I'd come out and do like an analysis for you, I'd fly out. Um, you know, it was just starting to pick up and then uh, the pandemic hit, which kind of put an end to things. So maybe, is, maybe that's something that you could pick up again, though. I feel like there's yeah, a need for it for now. Sure. Everybody's kind of like, it's been three years, everybody's kind of the people who survived the last three years probably are going to be around for a little bit. And they're looking to make sure that if something like that ever does happen again, hopefully it doesn't. Right. Um, but they don't get closed down if it does. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people out there who run a business and like, I always say nobody really has their shit together. I mean, you know, we're all trying to just figure this out. Even if it looks like you have your shit together behind the scenes, you're like, you're always kind of worried about something. 
You know, yeah. you always have to figure out something or you don't know every aspect of all businesses. There's a lot of business out there that are just kind of like winging it, which is surprising. I know. I see that. I, uh, you know, for, for many years, I thought that I wanted to get out. So I have this the store up for sale and uh, guys who were coming in to who were interested in purchasing the place. They were guys in their mid 50s or their early 60s who have put a few bucks aside over the years. Right. And they came in thinking that they were going to hire a manager to run the place and they were just going to reap the profits kind of a thing. (laughs) And uh, when they saw how hands on that my family was and how busy it was, uh, they kind of, you know, they headed for the hills. Yeah, it's not it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. It can't be if you know if you if you can learn the ins and outs. So you have a lot of experience because you've been doing it for a long time and it helps to have a busy store. Right. Because when you have a busy store, those things that others take years to figure out, come at you fast. You know, there's oh, a lot fast. of, there's a lot yeah. of things happening in a store that does $3 million a year in one year that maybe a store that does five, 600,000 a year takes them five or six years to figure out. So you have experience because you've been doing it for so long and at such a high volume that um, there's something to share there with other people right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm open to sharing too. So yeah. It must have been funny for you to go to the Pizza Expo and like hear people speak and be like, yeah, I do $750,000 a year in sales at my pizza shop. And okay. I was, I was really happy for them though, you know, because it is, it is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Um, But uh, you know, they will make it to the next step. That 750 will hit a million one dime, you know, and then hopefully you make, you know, 1.2. But it it was, it was definitely awesome to see them succeeding. But you know, for someone who was in a situation like myself, it, it was a little, you know, comical, I guess. It's hard because like you are in a unique situation. You are a busy restaurant. So it's like, all right, do I take advice from this person? They may have something to share. I'm not saying that people who only do those volumes don't have anything to share that's valuable that hasn't worked for them or is working for them that you couldn't take in your business. But it's hard to, it's hard to, that's the hard thing about the internet is everybody has a voice and it's hard to understand who you should listen to and who you shouldn't listen to or what um, the validity of what they're saying and if you should really go use that in your business because- a lot of people out there who give advice and you're like, but like, if you know about the advice they're giving you, like, that's not good advice. That's terrible advice. But nobody really, nobody else really knows that only you because you've experienced it. It's funny. Um, what's the, what's so what's the future for you? What, what do you want to do next? So, uh, I guess I have a couple goals. Uh, when you mentioned the second location, uh, I am interested in the second location. However, not the same concept, which I'm running okay. now. Uh, I was when I heard those speakers in Vegas, I took a lot from them. A lot of them are working with like Detroit Pizza and Neapolitan yeah. style, you know, all sorts of different things. Uh, they have a very challenging job because they're offering a, a multiple variety of different types of pizza. So they, their efforts are constantly making sure the quality control is on them. But I have a strong interest in the, uh, you know, wood fire Neapolitan style place. So I, I'd like to open up something like that uh, with kind of like a full bar, um, you know, two or three, you know, uh, menu items with pastas and gourmet salads and things like yeah. that. But uh, I, I definitely like to branch off into Neapolitan, something simple, no delivery, sit down only. Where would you do that in the same area you're in? Um, yeah, kind of in the neighboring, you know, Needham, uh, Walpole, uh, Westwood, Dedham, High Park, Rosendale, somewhere around here. Yeah, good area because it's kind of close to the city. So if someone goes to Boston, it doesn't take long to get out to your area. Right. And, you know, I can get there in a half an hour, you know, notice if there's an emergency, if I need to take care of something. I like that, too, because your your model is a lot of stuff. It's busy and hectic. It's hard to manage and prep and all that. But uh, I like if I was to open a new store, and I've said this multiple times in the podcast, I'd like a simpler version of something. Not right. 
not like your the pizzeria I owned or you owned. It sounds like which is very similar, which is like hundreds of menu items. More, yeah, it's a lot. I think I do what you want to do. Maybe just one style of pizza. I would probably do like slight New York slices because that's what I like, and just maybe a tiny slice shop. That's what I would like to do. But I don't know if that would fly around here because it's so cold in the wintertime. It is, and it would have to be somewhere where there's a lot of walking traffic. You'd have to be yeah. in the middle of downtown, a financial yeah. district or somewhere. Which would be super expensive, I'm sure, because Boston's not cheap. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's cool, man. So where can people go follow you or say hello? You gave some tons of information. I do want to do a next next time we talk, which we should do another one because it's probably a time we can talk about more. I'll come into your shop. We'll do it live. Although yeah, it sounds that. like you're so busy. I don't know if I'd be able to be able to kind of hang out anywhere. We can make time to, to make it happen. I'll put an apron on. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, Dedham House of Pizza on Instagram is kind of our go-to right now. We're putting a lot of our content on there, pictures of our food, uh, exciting things that we have upcoming. Uh, we're on Facebook too. For those of you who are still on Facebook at Dedham House of Pizza. And uh, if, if you're a patron or a customer in the area, sign up for our rewards program on our website or uh, download our mobile app for uh, app incentive coupons only to help save. Yeah, and Dedham is spelled for those who are going to search D-E-D-H-A-M. That's um, right. It's spelled a little different than we say it. But uh, So the House of Pizza thing, is that, that's like, is that a New England thing or is that an everywhere thing? Uh, I'm not sure. I've only seen it in New England. Yeah, and, me too. And uh, it's, it's, it's when you tell someone that you own a House of Pizza or a Pizza House, they kind of like, they don't give it the credit it deserves, right? They're like, oh, this guy's got a hole in the wall kind of shop. Yeah. Um, it, looking back on it, I wish I could kind of change the name. I feel like that would be like beneficial for us. But because we're so set in stone in the community, we're going to remain as the uh, the house of pizza. I think you're past that point now, right? Because you've been in business for so long that people probably know you. You don't need to change the name because right. you built up a reputation. But yeah. in your next spot, yeah. you should you'll you won't do that. I wonder if the house of pizza thing is was that somebody like one person who started all the house of pizzas, or is it just you? Uh, if you got from- there first in that town. Yeah, I think it's if you got there first in that town. And I think that at one point there was like an initiative amongst the uh, Greek and Italian uh, business owners to kind of like consolidate the houses of pizza, you know, kind of like uh, California Pizza Kitchen, you know, and take it public. I think that was kind of the idea for them. Uh, But, you know, it's a lot of hard-headed guys in the same room trying to make a decision. (laughs) It's not going to happen. (laughs) That's totally right. That's probably like a lot of, I would love to have been in those meetings as a bystander watching. It probably would have been funny. Um, Awesome, man. George, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We'll link all that up in the show notes as well, but I appreciate you taking the time. Don't go anywhere yet, but thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. All right. Thanks to George for joining me on the podcast. Again, go check out the SPM community. If you want to reach out to George, we'll link all his social media handles up over at smartpizzamarketing.com for you to check out over there along with all the other show notes. You should also go to smartpizzamarketing.com. Sign up for our email newsletter that we put out every Thursday. There's a ton of podcast episodes. I mean, this is almost number 500 podcast episode of the show, and there's a ton of archived episodes, some better than others when it comes to the quality, but... I feel like over the last three or four years, we've really upped that. And uh, there's a lot of content over on our website for you to listen to. Hang out with us. Read. Watch. All that good stuff. If you have a question, you can shoot me an email. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com or hit me up on Instagram. I am at smartpizzamarketing over there. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. We'll see you next time.